Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. This is part three, my reading of COVID operation, what happened, why it happened, and what's next, written by Pamela Popper and Shane Pryor. This is about some of the key players involved in COVID operation. This name stood out to me. Maybe this name stands out to you. I'm just going to read it to you. Here we go. Starting on page 28. Bill Gates. The Power and Danger of Having Too Much Money From an early age, Bill Gates was known to be highly intelligent, at least from a mathematical standpoint. He told a teacher that he would be a millionaire by the age 30. Interestingly, how he acquired money and power is not well known. What many believe, and what Bill Gates tells the world, is that he is quote-unquote self-made. The truth of the matter is, is that he had help, a lot of help. Gates was born into a wealthy family. His father was a successful attorney, and his mother, Mary, was a prominent businesswoman who used her influence and made important introductions that paved the way for a young Bill to succeed. She was the first woman to lead United Way of America, and John Opel, chairman of IBM, served with her on the executive committee. Following a conversation between Mary and Opel, IBM hired Microsoft to develop an operating system for its soon-to-be-introduced first personal computer. This was how Microsoft became the world's leading software maker. Knowing Bill Gates' personal history and his family influence is necessary in understanding his role in the coronavirus debacle. Gates says that his father, Bill Gates Sr., was the most influential person in his life. His father's history provides some insight into how Bill Jr. became a power-hungry globalist who states that population control is one of his primary goals. Bill Gates Sr. sat on the board of Planned Parenthood, an organization that takes in most of its revenue from abortions and taxpayer-funded federal money. The founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a self-proclaimed advocate of eugenics and population control and was openly racist, as evidenced by her speech at the Ku Klux Klan rally for women. Planned Parenthood clinics are primarily located in African-American neighborhoods, and the organization provides a significant percentage of abortions performed in the United States. Gates Sr. was also close with the Rockefeller and Soros families. 
The Rockefeller Foundation has received millions in donations from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, BMGF for short, strongly advocates for population control, and has openly stated for years that the foundation is interested in promoting worldwide vaccinations and population control. Microsoft had significant legal problems under Young Bill's management. The company was sued multiple times for antitrust violations. The U.S. government ultimately decided that Microsoft had created an illegal monopoly on operating systems and their components in order to limit competition from other companies and to inflate prices for these products. Microsoft products were the subject of considerable criticism over the years. According to Dan Kuznetsky, president of the Kuznetsky Group, a prestigious information technology, IT industry research firm, many companies developed products that were better than Windows, but could not sell their products because of the stranglehold Microsoft maintained on the industry. During antitrust depositions, Bill Gates came across as arrogant and stubborn and unwilling to admit that there was anything wrong with his products or his business practices. Gates behaved in much the same way as he built his foundation and changed his focus to healthcare. Believing he is smarter than everyone else, he has used his stubborn, arrogant disposition and monopolistic behavior to take over the world's healthcare systems. With unlimited funds to invest in getting the right people to see things his way, it is worth looking at his motivation, agenda, and the products and services he and the foundation promote, primarily population control and vaccinations. At a TED conference in 2010, Bill Gates said, Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we lower that, the population, by perhaps 10 or 15%. According to the BMGF website, the foundation has given over $11 million to the Population Council between 2018 and 2020, a group dedicated to population control. The council was founded by John D. Rockefeller in 1952, and the organization's website states that population growth is a barrier to social and economic development in developing countries, and that increased longevity in developed countries increase the cost of social welfare programs. The council conducts research on the effect of population growth on societies, families, and individuals, which seems to go beyond just, quote, family planning, which it promotes as its primary activity. Like his parents, Gates seems to have interesting friends, including the late Jeffrey Epstein. Believing that his DNA was superior to that of others, Epstein was a eugenicist who planned to impregnate young girls at a ranch he owned in New Mexico to create a superior race. Bill Gates met with Epstein several times over the years, even after he was convicted as a sex offender. Gates flew on Epstein's private jet, although later he claimed he did not know it was his. When Epstein was found dead from apparent suicide on August 10, 2019, Gates may have been one of the many prominent wealthy people who were relieved that the sex offender and eugenics promoter would not be able to speak publicly about his relationship with them. Both Bill and Melinda Gates are enthusiastic advocates for vaccinations and have publicly put forth an interesting theory about how vaccines can help to control population growth. They say that the reason women have so many children in third world and developing countries is that the infant and childhood death rate is so high, which leads to having more and more children in order to compensate. With vaccines saving the lives of children, they say, there will not be a need to have so many, and the population will ultimately be reduced. It is an unproven theory, perhaps, because the math does not work out so well. If births of more children are to replace dead children, it would not appear that the population is growing due to many children born in each family. 
The inability to explain this to anyone has apparently not stopped the Gates Foundation from using vaccines for the purpose of population control, but in a much different way. Major pharmaceutical companies funded by the BMGF have vaccinated young women in Africa with compounds tainted with human chorionic gondotropin, HCG, which causes miscarriages for pregnant women and sterilization for women who are not pregnant. This vaccination program was promoted by the World Health Organization, and pregnant women were told that the vaccine would prevent tetanus in their babies when, in fact, the babies would never be born. Based on suspicions of Catholic doctors working in Africa, three independent Nairobi biochemistry labs tested samples from a tetanus vaccine being used, and HCG was found in half of them. In January of 2019, Obinaju Ikocha Uju, founder of Culture of Life Africa, stated, I founded Culture of Life Africa in 2013, only a few months after the Gates Foundation stepped up their population control efforts. They call it family planning in the developing world, but from my view, it was a bold, audacious step towards population control. As one who grew up and lived in Africa most of her life, she is appalled about how BMGF and other wealthy elites from the West are trying to control and depopulate the African continent. The thought of contraception and especially abortion is not even in the vocabulary of the African people, as she mentioned in, a, in an address to the United Nations. In multiple interviews, Uja has said Africans don't want this. In August of 2012, Uja wrote what she called open letter to Melinda Gates, stating that the concerns of the African people regarding forced contraception, abortions, sterilizations, and other depopulation methods. In her letter, she asked that BMGF instead provide goods and services that are much needed in Africa, such as nutrition programs and food for children, and better neonatal care. Not surprisingly that Melinda Gates did not respond, and the foundation continues to promote sterilization vaccines, contraception, and abortions to African people. BMGF has given over $80 million to the abortion giant Planned Parenthood over the last decade. The foundation has also donated over $40 million to British abortion company called Marie Stopes. The company was kicked out of Kenya in 2018 for undermining the government and performing illegal abortions in the country. Regardless of one's opinion about abortion, most people would agree that the BMGF had no right to impose population control on countries that do not want it. Of course, Bill Gates thinks he knows what's best for everyone. Sterilization is not the only byproduct of the Gates Family Vaccination Program. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation committed $450 million to eradicate polio in India, taking control of India's National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization to implement its plan. Children were mandated to have several doses of polio vaccine before age five, with mass vaccination drives carried out three times per year in order to maintain herd immunity. The result was an epidemic of non-polio acute flaccid paralysis, NPAFP, a sudden onset of paralysis or weaknesses in children under the age of 15. Approximately 490,000 additional children beyond expected rates were affected between 2010 and 2017 and the incidence of non-polio AFP was related to the frequency of polio vaccine administration. The Program for Appropriate Technology in Health, PATH, funded by BMGF, carried out observational studies administering the HPV vaccines Gardasil and Cervarix to thousands of girls between age 9 and 15 in India, 
Within months, girls started getting sick and several died. Reactions included epileptic seizures, severe stomachache, headaches, mood swings, early onset of menstruation, and heavy bleeding. An investigation showed that there were significant problems with consent, which was sometimes given by school officials instead of parents. Illiterate parents consented with thumbprints on the forms. In one province, 3,944 of the consent forms had thumb impressions, and 5,454 had either signed or thumb impressions of guardians. For the most part, girls and their parents had no understanding of cervical cancer or the vaccine or what they were agreeing to. In 2017, the Modi government threw Gates and his vaccine initiatives out of India. There are additional ethical issues concerning the Gates Foundation beyond the vaccination initiatives. It is not illegal for a 501c3 nonprofit to invest in the stock market if there are no conflicts of interest. One of the foundation's more recent acquisitions was a stock in a company called Schrodinger which specializes in the development of new drugs. BMGF has been involved in financial ventures with the company since 2010, and most recently, an $85 million venture in 2019. The company's website indicates that its promising products are COVID-19 treatments and vaccines. The Gates Foundation currently is invested in Merck, GSK, Eli Lilly, Pfizer, Novartis, and Sanofi. The Gates Foundation has donated more than $300 million to Inovio Pharmaceuticals, AstraZeneca, Moderna, and other drug companies to fund clinical trials for COVID-19 vaccine. Not surprisingly, the Gates Foundation is staffed by several former drug company executives. Current CEO Penny Heaton was formerly employed by Merck and Novartis. Trevor Mundell, the Foundation's President of Global Health, worked for Novartis and Pfizer. Tachi Tamada, who held this position before him, was an executive with GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. Another GSK alumni, Kate James, is the Foundation's Communications Director. Finally, Bill seems to think that the world is his to control. He stated during an interview on CBS This Morning on April 2, 2020, which activities like schools have such benefit and can be done in a way that the risk of transmission is very low, and which activities like mass gatherings may be, in a certain sense, more optional. And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not come back at all. Thus, Gates announced to the world that conditions under which he thinks humans can go back to normal living. And as of the time of writing this book, it appears that government and health officials are listening to him, since most of the world is still in some form of lockdown or restriction. After all, Bill Gates knows what's best for all of us. Now, if you need to pause to go light up a joint or hit that bowl or that bong because you can't even believe what you just heard, go ahead, hit the pause button, go take a hit come back because that's kind of where I was and like I said in in part one I threw this book this book upsets me it infuriates me reading this because here's the thing it's really easy to let MSM tell us what to think about Bill Gates but there's always a trick of the trade that nobody wants to inform you about and that's to follow the money Whenever you want to know where the catalyst of a problem is, you follow the money. Where does the money go? That's what's been going on in public views because the beauty of the technology that we have available to us today means that we also have access to the same information. And I want to touch on again how incredible this book is with all of its sources, okay? The COVID operation book at the end of every chapter are pages and pages and pages of sources, 
None of this is fallacy. This is not slander. This is not libel. This is fact. This is a financial fact. And everything that Bill Gates has said has been on record. You can find it out there if you're willing to look for it. If you would prefer to not know this information, go clog up your ears with cotton balls and la, 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 don't listen to it. But if you have ears to hear, then I'm going to urge you to continue listening to my podcast because I, and, and I made this announcement to my husband, I have been too careful. I have been very careful while hosting this podcast because I have been afraid of being censored and silenced. And I think that is a general consensus with many people who put themselves out on public platforms. We've been scared to speak out. If they can cancel someone big, they can cancel us just as easily and most people won't care. So I just want you to hold on to your britches because as I continue to read this book, I'm going to bring you more excerpts and I'm going to share more information with you. Because more information can help you make better decisions about your life. Because the reality is, and I'm afraid to say this because it sounds pessimistic, but I think this shit will impact us. This shit already is impacting us. If you look to, the, to what's going on in other countries, if you look to our northern neighbors in Canada, people have had it. People are sick of the rich, powerful, elite, narcissistic, egotistical, maniacal, crazy control freaks having the say-so over my life, right? Are you there with me? Are you sick of this? I just want to touch on one other thing. It just really pisses me off. The fact that this foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, has continuously operated in Africa and has been literally sterilizing people without their consent one of the most disgusting and most depraved things that a human being can do to another person to go in there and tell them that you're helping them when in reality is, is you're trying to prevent people with different skin tones from having children, from extending their own lineage. That disgusts me. I thought we were over that. I thought we had progressed as a humanity against this idea that there should be some super breed. Hearing that Epstein Jeffrey Epstein was also a eugenicist is news to me. I had never heard that before. And that he was taking young girls to his place in New Mexico to impregnate them, to create a super breed. This is the kind of stuff that you think was taking place 100 years ago. But here we are in 2022. This stuff is taking place now. And so ultimately, I'm just, I'm done being silent about it. I'm done acting like these injustices aren't happening. What has happened to the entire world over the last two years is a grave injustice against all of humanity, and we need to do something about it. And this is what I'm doing. I'm sharing the information with you. I am also not pledging any form of allegiance to any kind of elitist bullshit ever again. I'm done. I'm done being convinced by the rich and the celebrity and the Hollywood hoes, and the political propagandists, I'm done. This goes back to something that uh, I just had my children watch today. There is this great YouTube channel. It's called After School. It's spelled S-K-O-O-L. And what it is, is it's animation combined with awesome life hacks, really. So you can find things from Jordan Peterson. You can find things from Eckhart Tolle. You can, you can hear something from Richard Rohr. 
You can you can f- find out about philosophy and bigger ideas, bigger than what's being broadcast on your social media platforms, I'm sure. And today, I had my children watch something. Uh, it was the animation that coincided with the speech that Terrence McKenna gave in 1990. And ultimately, it was teaching my children that authority is bullshit. Authority is an illusion. The most important thing to get ahead in life is to listen to yourself, (laughs) to embrace individual authenticity, to embrace the authenticity of your mind. So if you've been like me for the past two years, seeing that equations are not adding up, seeing that the math is not making sense, seeing that the logic is non-existent, it's important that you trust in yourself. It's important that you trust in yourself and what your thoughts are telling you. Like, this shit smells. Yes, it does. It smells real bad. Trust in yourself. Trust in the authenticity of your mind. Trust in your ability to think critically for yourself. Because here's the thing that nobody's going to tell you. You have all the answers. You know everything you need to know. And you know in the back of your mind that the last two years has been an utter shit show and has been nothing but bullshit rhetoric. I'm not saying people didn't really get sick and die. I am not saying that at all. But what I am saying is this propagated pandemic, it wasn't about protecting our health. It was about something bigger. And if you're sick and tired of being silent, say something. Even the very act of telling someone else what you think, even if you're scared, that has the capacity to change the world. So have confidence in your own thoughts. Have confidence in what you think and say something because that's how we change the world. We start by having a conversation. And from there, we can come into an understanding of a different perspective We can pay attention to the things that we see that are shitty, that are crappy, that are not models of how we want to manage our personal lives, and we can do something about it. We can change it. We can reject it. We can do the opposite of what, quote unquote, authority is telling us, and we'll be better for it. This went a little longer than I had planned. I was trying to give you minimal information and minimal monologue, but... Here we are coming up on the 22-minute mark, and I just want to thank you again for tuning in and for listening, and if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this, share it with them, you know? If you appreciate what I'm saying, please be sure to leave a a, a review. Uh, Please leave me a comment, something, anything, because, I mean, I'm no different than anybody else. Sometimes I sit here and think, what can I do? Have a conversation conversations change the world. Thanks for listening.